Hey everybody, I'm wishing you all, every single one of my faithful friends of fellowship and faith, a very happy Resurrection Sunday. This is an awesome celebration for those of us that are of the Christian faith, and uh, I'm so glad that God has blessed us to be able to be together to celebrate one of the greatest uh, aspects of our relationship with God, what his son did for us on both Good Friday and then Resurrection Sunday. And uh, as I was uh, preparing for today's session, the thought of Resurrection Sunday came to me, you know, as a pastor, um, one of my responsibilities, of course, that uh, and privileges that God gave me is, of course, to preach his word. And as I was considering this show's topic and content, um, you know, we focus here on uh, our A-game, the acronym, um, with the A meaning our priority, the G standing for our goals, the A standing for the actions that we need to take to accomplish our goals, the M for the mentality necessary, our, you know, keeping our focus and staying strong um, in our purpose. And then we have the E, which is for the excuses that get in the way or can get into the way um, of us accomplishing and being all that God purposed us to be. And as I was relating both to our uh, Resurrection Sunday um, celebration of, of, of Jesus's work completed, I um, started to think of Jesus as us. And, you know, he had a career. He had a purpose, um, still has, but he had a career, he had a purpose, and throughout the, you know, life that was written for us to understand throughout the prophets and the gospels, and then further how life was impacted once the Holy Spirit was um, available to all of man, the, the, there are some things that Jesus did that if they were to be transferred into our time now, um, it would make for a great book for personal development because Jesus was on a personal development plan. And that's what I want to talk about. As a matter of fact, I think I'm going to dedicate the month of April to helping all of the listeners develop a personal development plan to organize one, to use one, and to see if any of the tools that I share in this area will help you to accomplish some goals that you may not have set out to do or that you, you know, just have put off, you know, because, you know, the question comes are, are you fully in control of your career? Do you have a clear and inspiring vision of what you want to achieve in the future? And are you actively taking steps to per you know, to pursue the career of your dreams. So if your answer is no, then that means you risk being disappointed because you put your career in the hands of others, your organization, your boss, your partner, even your parents. You're risking, you're risking not going where you want to go and not doing what you want to do. After all, 
If you're not working to realize your own dreams, you're most likely working to achieve someone else's. And and that's okay if that is your goal, um, to come alongside, support, and help others to uh, achieve their dreams. But then that would be your purpose and you'll be fine. All too often, this abdication of responsibility for your career happens without you even realizing it, right? So you have to be proactive, uh, take charge and, and, and change the way you think about your career. When, when you take control, you'll realize that the only way you'll achieve what you want personally or professionally is to kind of structure you know, um, think about where you want to go, put in place a plan to get there and then start moving along with that plan. And this works in any area of your life, whether it's personal development, whether it's parental development, you know, um, even in some of what I'm going to share, it really goes for organizational development, but it transfers into things that we can do. So first, personal development planning is a structured way of doing what I just said, thinking about where you want to go, putting a plan in place to get there and then start moving on the plan. So first you understand yourself and you set meaningful goals. Next, you define these goals in terms of what you want to achieve and steps you need to take to get there. And then finally, you identify gaps in your skills and experience and you can create an action plan to either fill them so you can move towards your goal. So let's let's start this and I'm going to let this run for a couple of weeks on this topic. I think it's important for us, especially working our way through, um, you know, some of the challenges that we've had to our society in the area of employment. And for some of us, the whole work environment has changed. For some of us, we're not even working and need to get um, moving forward. And now's the time if you are unhappy in what you're doing to switch gears and change. See, personal development planning is all about creating a long-term goal for your career and then thinking about how you'll achieve it. However, you 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 can know what you want to do in the long term. You you before you can do that, you need to reflect on your current situation. What are you good at? Where do you need to improve? What opportunities are available and are there factors beyond your control that could have an impact on your goals? To answer these questions, I want to use two um, tools that I use when I'm coaching business people, right? Because you're, this is about your business of life and you being the CEO of your own life. And I'm going to use two tools that I know are extremely effective. One is called a SWOT analysis. I've worked um, with that. Um, I've done a session or two on that. And so it's worthy of another um, goal. Um, look, look, see, look at it's, a, it's worthy of another look um, for those of us who want to take this, the, the tools um, provided in a SWOT analysis and use them to apply to your personal situation. By using them, you can gain a solid understanding of where you are now and you could think about where you want to go. So today I'm going to just say that part of the personal development plan we're going to talk about is called a SWOT, S-W-O-T analysis. So in business, um, SWOT analysis uncovers the strengths, 
the weaknesses of an organization and then identifies the opportunities and the threats that it faces. Just as this is important for um, organizations, it's also useful when you apply to your own situation. By knowing your strengths, you can focus your effort on the things that you're good at. And by understanding your weaknesses, you know what to do, um, like to avoid, um, improve, or even where to get help. Taking together your strengths and opportunities will help you to identify potential long-term career goals. And your weaknesses and the threats you face are the things that need to be managed, mitigated, or planned for to ensure that your goals remain achievable. So to conduct a personal SWOT analysis, you ask yourself a series of questions about your um, current situation, and then you can make a four-quadrant grid um, or um, I would use four different pages and on one page use this for the strengths, another page for the weaknesses, another page for the opportunities and another page for the threats in order to make your list. So let, let's start with the strengths. All right. OK. Um, so for the strengths, um, here your goal is to uncover what sets you apart from other people. What what gifts did God give you? that um, makes you stand out amongst the crowd. When thinking about your strengths, don't limit yourself to just your professional skills. Explore all of your experiences and the opportunities that you've had to grow and develop. This includes your education, your aptitudes, your personality factors, and interests. Ask yourself some of the following questions. What are you really good at? What skills do others recognize in you and what do you get rewarded for or complimented on? What do you do better than most people that you work with, um, even when you're not working? What are you most proud of? What experiences, resources, or connections do you have access to that others don't? Remember, a good thing to do while you're doing the looking at your strength is to ask your friends and your colleagues to list your strengths as well. We can tend to be self-effacing and we um, often downplay our own abilities in, in, in a way of humility and being humble. But I believe that if God gave you gifts and God gave you strengths, and God gave you talents. When you downplay them, you actually downplay the giver of the gift, which is God. I say that if you are sure that God has given you something, then you should boast about his favor in your life and about his uh, kindness to you and his goodness to you by declaring that you are good at those things and give God the glory. Okay. It can be a real boost to your self-esteem. He didn't give you those gifts to hide it up under a, a, a bed, right? Let your light so shine so that all men can see and know the glory of God in you. All right. So that's what I want you to do. I want you to fill out the section on, on strengths and, and list all of your strengths. All right. Get, get help from your friends, those that care about you, that you trust and let them help you out with that. Now, believe it or not, people have trouble with their strengths, but most people kind of have no trouble with their weaknesses. I don't know why it's easier for us to look at the negatives of ourselves than the positives. So, but here we're going to look at the weaknesses and here you think about the things that you're not so good at or the areas where you can improve your performance. When you list your weaknesses, you can reduce or manage them so that they don't stop you 
from achieving your goals. They our weaknesses are usually the excuses that we use to not accomplish that thing that is hard for us to do. But I'm going to show you how knowing your your strengths and your weaknesses, and then looking at your opportunities and threats, help make this unnecessary because we all have them. We all have weaknesses, right? Don't beat yourself up about your weaknesses. Like I said, all of us have them. The trick is to recognize them and manage them appropriately. Also, don't be too self-critical. If you're fear and forgiving about other people's weaknesses, make sure you forgive your own too. Now, to complete the weaknesses section of your personal SWOT analysis, use the following questions that I'm going to share with you as a guide. They're not the only questions, but these are just some off the top of my head that I believe will help. Like, okay, what skills, number one, what skills do you struggle to master? What what do you do only because you have to in order to satisfy your job requirements? Um, are, are there one or two aspects of your personality that hold you back? Uh, what do other people often identify as your weaknesses? Where are you vulnerable? Where do you lack experience, resources, or connections where others have them? So unlike the strength section, don't feel compelled to list every weakness you can think of. Limit yourself to the ones that can have an impact on your career because you might just talk yourself out of living, right? We don't want that, all right? So now that we've got um, two lists, right? You should have a list of your strengths and you should have a list of your weaknesses. Um, let's talk about the opportunities. Okay, so the opportunities list that you're going to make, um, now that you've reflected a bit on strengths and weaknesses, you need to focus on understanding the opportunities that are open to you. You need to ask yourself questions like, in what ways can you take advantage of your strengths? What opportunities are open to people who do the things that you do well? What do you love? Or what would you love to do that you are good at? How can you minimize your weaknesses if if these no longer held you back? What could you do? Where do you see the most potential growth for yourself within your current job in or in a different organization or in another industry or in a separate career entirely? Um, I've helped so many people transition um, either within a certain field, especially if you're in the nonprofit um, service field. I've helped people to, you know, build um, resumes and use their experience to further their careers in that area. But I've helped people totally transferred to another career altogether, even led some people to become self-employed, which is my favorite thing, but that's another story for another day. So in looking at our opportunities, another question is what trends are having an impact on your current career or on the one that you're thinking about pursuing? All right. So look, write down that list of all the different opportunities, internal opportunities, external opportunities, opportunities that you even wish were there that you don't know where to fine, put them all there. And then we're going to take a look at the threats. All right. Finally, on the things that could derail your success. Although threats often can be directly controlled, they, they, well, let me put it like this. 
the threats often can't be directly controlled, but they can be planned for. That that's that's a better way of approaching it. They they might not be, you might not have control of the different threats to your success, but you definitely can plan for when they come along. That's why it's so important to identify as many of these threats as possible. The more you know about them, the less likely you are to be blindsided by something unexpected. You might feel that thinking about threats will cause you to you know, some undue worry or stress. No, not thinking about them will cause you the most stress because you will be unprepared. Um, you, you, you will likely experience more anxiety if you don't consider them, especially when they start becoming more significant. Remember, a threat loses much of its impact when it's managed and prepared for. Ask yourself the following questions to uncover potential threats. Um, are there any general threats that you need to think about? Um, if you don't address your weaknesses, what problems could they cause? What setbacks might you face? What obstacles have other people overcome when they're trying to get to where you want to go? All right. So just take a look at these things. Look at your strengths. Make a list of each of these things that I'm saying here. Look at your weaknesses look for the opportunities and look for the threats to them and put them all down on a list, right? Um, I think that that would be a good exercise for you to do between now and the next time, hopefully we're together by God's grace next uh, next week, next Sunday. So we're assuming though that you, you might, you know, let's assume that you're already in the right career and that you're thinking about your development within it. Um, if you're still exploring different options, consider visiting a local career counselor who specializes in your situation. A good starting point, um, you know, is just a Google career counselor in the community that you're in. And even then, use your SWOT analysis to inform, um, you know, them of your choice and use your, there's another tool that I want to go into. It's called a PEST analysis or a PEST analysis. Um, you can use that um, to plan for your personal development also. The, um, the exercise in your strength, because your personal SWOT analysis looks at the factors within you and the ones close to you that can influence your success. By contrast, um, next week when we talk about the PEST analysis, it digs deeper into the big picture of the external factors that will help or hinder your career success. And using it makes a difference between choosing an exciting career that's aligned with the forces of change in the world and within you and struggling for survival in a dying industry. Um, what does the acronym mean? Let me see if I get it right. I think it's been a while since I used this one. A PEST is a um, okay political, economic, sociocultural, and technological environments in which you function. All right. So we're going to identify some external factors that can influence your career, then analyze each of them to identify the opportunities and threats that they present when we're doing a, uh, 
a, a pest, all right? I don't want to start this and not finish it, but I'm going to give a run for it if I don't finish the pest today. Um, yeah, I think we, I have a, a little bit of time left before this is finished. So let me, let's look at this. Let's look at a pest analysis and we're going to do the same thing. You're going to draw up the, the four different areas, the P, the E, the S, the T, the P for political, E for economic, S for sociocultural, and the T for technological. And these are going to talk about the environments that we have to work or build our dreams and hopes in. Okay, so let's look at the political factors. Okay, here you consider the influence that the government and its policies may have on the opportunities that you're looking at. Consider these questions in the P, the political factors. What new laws or regulations are likely to affect these? Um, are you aware of any policies or schemes that will boost or support any of them? Will any of these policies affect your ability to work in a specific area make a certain amount of money or be reasonably secure? Um, is there a change in government or change in policy expected? And what opportunities and threats do these changes politically represent? All right. So ask yourself those questions. Um, are there going to be higher taxes for people in your field? Are they getting ready to regulate some something in your work area that will therefore um, take away the career from even existing or from, you know, you being able to do the part of the job that you like. All right. Then you're going to take a look um, on another page and do the economic factors. All right. Um, you look at the economic factors that may influence your decision to pursue a uh, particular goal. Think about the following. What are the average compensation levels in the careers or industries that you're interested in? You can Google that, find it real easy. Or Wages expected to rise, fall, or stay the same. Can you meet your economic needs based on the expected remuneration? What is the um, okay? Yeah, what's what's the current? Um, and forecast rate of employment or unemployment in those sectors that you're interested in. Um, what is the long-term demand for people in these careers and what opportunities and threats do these changes or circumstances economically represent? So that would be on your economic list, okay? So social, sociocultural factors, um, these are the social trends that influence how attractive a popular opportunity may or may not be. And, um, Things to consider would include like what demographic trends will have an impact on your opportunity. Um, are the educational requirements for them expected to change? Are there lifestyle trends and changes that will have an impact on the desirability of the career that you're looking into or already in? Or are there familial expectations you have to consider when making a career decision? How will these affect your ability to be successful? And what opportunities and threats do these socio-cultural factors um, represent, all right? And uh, yeah, we're almost to the bottom of the list here, the technological factors, all right? Finally, 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 yes, you need to look at the technological factors that affect your career decisions. Technology moves forward quickly and quicker than ever now, and you don't want to get left behind because you fail to consider its potential impact on your goals. Um, more than this, you can expect great new opportunities if you can get good experience of a valuable new technology. So just ask yourself these questions um, in the technology 
um, list to help you boost that area. What technological trends affect the careers that you're considering? Um, are there aspects of these jobs that are likely to be automated or digitized in the next few years? Um, what technologies are emerging to do this and how can you get the experience of using them to get ahead of the game? Uh, how is, what another question is, um, okay, how is uh, technology influencing the type of work that you do or the way you complete your tasks and what opportunities and threats do these situations present? Okay, so you should have a list of these four different areas also, okay? Um, when we when we when we start to look at um, the opportunities um, in your pest analysis, you should see that some of these are particularly exciting and that some just weren't worth pursuing when you look at the opportunities. But next, you need to explore the best of these opportunities in more detail and identify the ones that you want to focus on. This can involve talking to people who already do these jobs to find out what they're really like, reading reports on leading industries and companies, and confirming that your strengths really do suit these career paths. When you do this, you may sure that the way forward you choose represents the best opportunities and has the smallest obstacles to overcome. All right. So put your top opportunities. This is the action that I want you to take. I want you to pick your top opportunities and list them in the first column of the opportunity analysis um, on an opportunity analysis sheet that you're going to make. A whole separate sheet is going to have opportunity on top of it, not the opportunities from the um, SWAT, a separate one because you're taking the information from the SWOT analysis and the PEST analysis, and you're seeing what's the best opportunities available to you, all right? Look over your strengths and weaknesses, as well as the trends that you identified in the PEST analysis, and uh, mark down the supporting and opposing factors for each opportunity opportunity. Um, you should also include like your personal interests in here. After all, you want to pursue um, or a development plan that you're excited about. All right. Don't make, if this is boring to you, don't do it. This is about being excited, seeing your purpose, and then narrow these options down until you have just one or two preferred opportunities that you really commit to. The more you peer down or slim down things at this stage, the more effort you can devote to your best choice. So, as I started out speaking a little bit earlier today, um, Jesus had a career and he made career moves. He stayed on top of his A-game. He didn't let anything get in the way of the purpose that God had sent him to accomplish, even to death. You know, death was the ultimate aspect of his, uh, his obedience to God. But because he submitted to that when he said, nevertheless, he was able to stand between God and man and say, it is finished. And that's an awesome thing. And what we want to do is we want to look back and we want to say to ourselves, well done. You know, you've, you've run the race, you fought the good fight and you are looking for God to say, well done, my good and faithful servant. And so even as we look religiously toward the holiday celebration of Resurrection Sunday, I'd like to take it out of the realm of religion and look at the relationship that we have with God the Father now because of Jesus's relationship um, to his Father, our Father who art in heaven, and how his focus, how, what was his strengths, what were his weaknesses, what were the opportunity? He had weaknesses. Yes, he did. 
He was all powerful, mighty God, but he was, he had subjected himself to reside in this weak, failing, floundering flesh that we have to contend with in order to live this life and walk this life, right? So he had some weaknesses. There were opportunities for him to heal, opportunities for him to teach. And then there were also the threats, the Sanhedrin, you know, the, those that were coming against him all the time, um, in, in, to, in, in, in opposing the work. And we can expect the same as we pursue the goals that we have. And as we look forward to trying to, um, accomplish those things, because God put that in us, he put in us this desire to, um, fulfill because we're made with a purpose. And because we're made with a purpose, once you start moving toward your purpose, you've got to declare there ain't no stopping me now, right? Because you know that you're blessed, you know, I always say it, be blessed on purpose, intentionally, right? And Eddie, here's a shout out to you as I do every week to thank you for the wonderful opportunities that you give to myself and to the others that have different time frames for their shows on the air, um, to your dedication to be of service to others, man. That's awesome. Um, because that's as Christ-like I think as you can get being willing to use what God gave you for the benefit and the betterment of those around you. All right. And so thank you guys again. Have a happy Resurrection Sunday. Um, enjoy the rest. I don't know if you're going to be with family or if you're going to be with friends. Share a little love. But when Monday comes, I want you to get on this list, the SWOT analysis. Show your strengths, your weaknesses, the opportunities, and the threats. And then do the PEST analysis, okay? Look at the political aspects, the economical, the sociocultural aspects of the things that can um, start to get um, you more moving forward. And, 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 and if you need help, I'm gonna be glad to help you just contact Eddie and say, Hey, can I get that guy that does that show to kind of give me a call or drop me an email? I'd be glad to do that and give you extra support for your success. All right. Cause ain't no stopping us now. I'll talk to you again next week. God willing. Have a good one.